A good friend of mine has a year that, for him, is a kind of personal BCAD, a line in time drawn only because something so life-alteringly significant happened. On one side, a kind of innocence. On the other, an awakening. With this one year serving as a linchpin to the character of the man I know today. For my friend Renfrew, a passionate and lifelong fan of one particular band, that year was 1984. The Van Halen album was released on January 9th of that year. Whenever it was that my friend got his manic young hands on the record and gathered around the turntable for a listen, that was the beginning. Some kind of innocence was left behind in that moment, the innocence of a soul that had not known joy. As the search for joy can become frantic, like a halting guitar solo in a weird key that somehow reaches up toward that amazing keyboard solo up above the clouds, so it became for young Renfrew. And then, months later, after their biggest tour ever, crossing the country and the globe, conquering MTV with Diamond Dave's 24-karat male gaze and Eddie's sterling smile, when they announced that David Lee Roth was leaving the band, poor young Renfrew, suffering news so unimaginable, he had something of an awakening. Joy is precious precisely because of its very impermanence. He hasn't been the same since. <laughs> Luckily, he was young at the time, so in saying he hasn't been the same since, what I really mean is that 1984, the year and the album, became central to his identity as indelibly as the white, black, and red stripes pattern was and is to Eddie Van Halen. May he rest in rock. I've never told Renfrew this, but that same year is my sort of character linchpin of a year as well. Unlike him, though, I knew it was going to be that way. You see, it was in September or October of 1983 that my mother started physically abusing me. So... New Year's Eve, 1983, I remember lying on the sofa, tucked under an Afghan blanket despite that we had a fire going. It was getting close, after 11 p.m., and everyone's watching Dick Clark and whoever was the 1983 equivalent of whichever artists are on TV this year. Mom or Dad asked what each of us kids were looking forward to in 1984. Now, I knew nothing about Van Halen at that time let alone that they were about to drop one of the greatest albums in rock history. So when the question came to me, I did something completely ridiculous. I told the truth. Nothing, I said, sad little melodramatic Milton. Next year will be pretty much like this year, only worse. Then I pulled the afghan up over my head and pretended to go to sleep. They all let me. I was right, of course. 1984 was awful. It was way worse than 1983 had been. It was so bad, so, so bad, that that summer, when I finally heard Jump, it struck me as 1,000% in favor of suicide. Might as well jump. I wasn't even a teenager, folks. That's how hard 1984 was. When young Milton's sad banana heart first heard that most joyous of Van Halen songs, what I heard was David Lee Roth saying he'd totally understand if I climbed somewhere high and just jumped. Welcome to Stick It Out, a podcast about life, caregiving, and sometimes even a little rock and roll. 
Hello there. Welcome to my show. I'm Milton Bananas, caregiver to my wife for three years or so now. My dear Ethel was born with cystic fibrosis and got a double lung transplant about 16 years ago. Since late 2020, her body has been rejecting those lungs. We were working on getting her listed for another transplant, but at this point, she's still waiting to be put on the list. The last we knew, Ethel had about 17% lung function. They stopped testing her sometime in September, though, so who knows now. She's on 2.5 to 3 liters of oxygen at all times and eats frighteningly little. If you've ever seen a cystic eat, you know it's kind of like watching Ron Swanson devour a plate of bacon, except you're only going to get growled at if you try to swipe a piece. For the past few weeks, she's mostly lived on Ensure Nutrition drinks and one or two small meals each day. She's down to about 115 pounds and sleeps way more than she wants to just because her body is so tired. This is how things are today, in this last week of 2023. And just like that last day of 1983, I know that next year is not going to be any easier than this year has been. Though, of course, for vastly different reasons, there's the same lack of anything I can do about it. And just like back then, I did nothing to cause what I'm about to go through. The only thing I did was fall in love with a beautiful woman who was born with a tragic mutation in her DNA, who has fought and fought just to live, where you and I are privileged enough to fight largely existential demons. A woman who understands how short time can be, and who, despite her otherwise vastly questionable taste in music, the woman never met a remix or a remake that she didn't listen to. Ethel knows and loves exactly one Van Halen song. You got it tough? Baby, I've seen the toughest around. January takes its name, as do most of the months in English, from the Romans. They got the name from their god Janus, or Janus, if you go back a little further. Janus was the god of entrances and doorways, halls and passageways. This is why we also find his name in the word janitor. He was depicted as having two faces, one looking forward and one backward. It's unfortunate that he wasn't around to put that to use in, like, the Formula One circuit or something. But, given the reputation of Roman baths, I'm sure that extra face had its practical purposes. More metaphorically, he was the god of beginnings, change, and endings. And so as we sit here, we caregivers, looking forward to a 2024 in which, at best, everything stays the same, Janice reminds us that sometimes we have to keep an eye on the shit we've been through, even as we stick it out through some whole new kind of shit. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that 2024 will be hard. Hard as hell. It may likely be hell, too, and maybe even another linchpin year here in this latter part of my life. I'm not looking forward to any of it, but 1984 did happen. The ball did drop. Dick Clark kissed someone. My parents kissed each other as I watched through the holes of the Afghan blanket. Everyone was happy and hopeful for a little bit. Then we all went to bed. Nine days later, Van Halen released an album of such ebullient playing 
such a perfect mix of smooth and sassy that the worlds of pop music and rock music would never be the same, to say nothing of young Renfrew. He took Roth's command to jump differently. To this day, Renfrew's central characteristic is his willingness to go for it, to try what he wants to try, to hop in the car and go, get on the train, board the plane, to, as Hunter S. Thompson said, buy the ticket, take the ride. He has more stories than anyone I've ever met, and he tells them very well. The stories have mellowed out over the years, as age and a widening capacity for critical thinking have tempered his impulses. But that's no different from Roth switching out the whoops and screams of his youth to the gravelly, rub-your-panties-on-it baritone of A Different Kind of Truth, Van Halen's final record where they reunited with him. In much of what he does, even when I don't hear from Renfrew for weeks or months because he's in a cave somewhere working on a project, I know he's still following what Roth told him to do back in 1984. Might as well jump. As it happened, 1984 was also the year that, for Christmas, my parents got me a little keyboard. It had 24 keys and a series of buttons on the left that you'd push to make chords. I would press the C chord button and then find the notes that I heard on the keyboard, and then just like that, I knew how to play a C chord. Repeat that process with the F chord and then the G chord, and I had everything I needed. Then I learned that I could hold down the C notes on the keyboard, and if I move through the C, F, and G buttons in the right order, it didn't sound like the record at all. In fact, it sounded exactly like you'd imagine a timid nun trying it out on a tiny, tiny church organ in a very footloose type of town at 1 a.m. One of the very first things I learned to play by ear, though, was, you guessed it. This little thing began a lifelong love of playing music and learning songs by ear. So, here we all are, on one edge or the other of the divide between last year and this year. Not much to look forward to, but forward we have to go. I know just how you feel. But, as Diamond Dave reminds us, you gotta roll with the punches to get to what's real. That's what we caregivers bring to every conversation, every action, every idea. We've been rolling with the punches for so long, we've gotten to what's real. We have experience that gives us the capacity to know what's important, beyond what the normal world wants us to think is important. So, in order to look ahead, I encourage you to think about the worst year of your life, but in this context, not as you experienced it, but with having gotten to what's real through your life experience. If 2023 was your worst year, yay for you, you made it. <laughs> You don't have to recall your worst year in detail. I certainly don't think about more of 1984 than I have to, unless we're talking about the album. But think about your worst year in a macro sense. Just keep it in your mind for a bit. Sometimes we get kind of stuck on how we got through things, because a path that worked before may work again. But I can't tell you how I got through 1984 and I really don't want to go back there in my mind anyway. Instead, think of the following year, 
Again, just in a large sense, whatever your worst year was, think of the following year. And if 2023 was your worst year, hang on, we'll get to you. Since you were already thinking of your worst year, the next year was better. For me, 1985 was better because I discovered music and, more importantly, began to learn how it works. But that's just my example. Think of one for yourself. Rather than thinking about how you got through the worst year, think about what got you through the better year. Perhaps that is a path to consider, my friends. Now, if 2023 was the worst year of your life, believe me, I get it. I might have written this episode about 2023, but I gave 1984 the edge just so I could talk about Van Halen. (laughs) So I get it. But let's try another exercise. Bring the year into your mind, again, in a macro sense. Don't think about what sucked. Just live in the fact of the suckiness. Just for a minute. Even say it out loud. 2023 was a blank of a year. No judgment for swear words. Just acknowledge it. Own it. Now, think back to January of 2023. Call up just this month in your mind. Go through it week by week, day by day, if you have to, what you can remember of it. Find one thing that ended up having a more positive impact on your 2023 than you'd have expected. That even in a small way kept 2023 from completely kicking your ass. Now, maybe in that moment, you had no idea that it would have any impact on your year. Maybe you did. Think back, though. I promise you it's there. For me, I asked my friend Lowclef to lunch. We'd played in a band together, but this was the first time we met socially. Side note, luckily, he and I are about the same type of socially awkward. (laughs) So it works out. From that, he brought another friend around, and we started jamming, and became a little band, and even good friends along the way. If you're a caregiver, you know how hard it is to make new friends. That's not at all what I set out to do, though. I just wanted to eat some wings and talk about music for a while that afternoon. That's my example. What's yours? If you can't think of something in January, move ahead to February. Eventually, you'll find something. Some single event that maybe it wasn't that out of the ordinary, but something good came of it. Something that carried you, helped you roll with those punches. I know you'll find it because you're still here. You should feel proud of that. Caregiving gives us so little to look forward to. Every day is the same, even holidays, and doing anything beyond the routine carries its own extra cost on our backs. What I'm encouraging us all to do this New Year's is to look at what's behind us in order to help us with what's ahead. That's the point of the previous exercises. Rather than wallowing in the potential of what's ahead, think about what got you through in the past and think about something that brought you bigger rewards and more happiness than you'd have expected. Because those moments are out there, ahead of us, somewhere in 2024, but we can't see them right now. So we just have to remind ourselves that they've happened before. In September of last year, I learned that my friend Renfrew was going to be in the area. We scheduled a day to hang out, and though we'd never done it before, I invited him over to jam. He gladly took me up on it, Having had a few months as a band under our belts, I got the guys in the band involved, and the four of us had a surprisingly great time. 
Reverb, Lowclef, and I watched Renfrew play guitar because, much like his hero, Eddie, when he plays, you can't not watch him. He coaxed noises out of my EVH Wolfgang special. <laughs> what did you expect at this point? <laughs> that I never knew were possible. Digging into the strings with the pick in a way I've never seen anyone do. Almost unearthing tone. Combining a little wah, a little delay, and a little whammy bar to get harmonics to last right up until breakfast. It was wild. That's the only word I have. It was just wild. He didn't sound or play like Eddie Van Halen. Renfrew played like someone who understood why Eddie Van Halen played. Better yet, as Reaver began laying down a solid rhythm guitar, and Lowclef over there on bass has pretty much always been my puppet as I sit behind the kit, which are his words and not as true as he thinks, there were times the four of us really locked in. And oh man, there's nothing that feels like that. It's like a drug, a certain kind of magic that makes you feel like you can do anything. Or really it makes you feel like you're already getting away with something. It was the best day of 2023 for me. Renfrew texted me recently to say Merry Christmas and that our jam sesh had been one of the best days for him as well. And I know Reverb and Lowclef enjoyed themselves, for nowadays at practice, Renfrew's name is sometimes brought up in nearly reverent tones. And we all look at the effects pedals that he Fred stared into life. And to this day, I swear still smolder and smoke just a bit when the sun hits them just right. And if I put my ears to the walls at night, I can just make out some wah-laden whammy bar harmonics still quietly humming within. All of that came from a moment in January of 2023. What can come of any moment in 2024? If we bring our experience as caregivers, as people who've gotten to what's real, who know, as young Renfrew learned, that joy is precious precisely because of its impermanence, what can come of any moment in 2024? Might as well jump. Thank you for making some time to listen to my show today. I hope your day hasn't been too rough, and if it has been, I want to say good job carrying on anyway. If you want to say hey, you can find me on Reddit, on Discord, and on Instagram at Mr. Milton Bananas. That's M-R Milton Bananas. Give me a shout. I love to hear from listeners. If you've enjoyed the show or have constructive criticism, please rate and review Stick It Out on your favorite podcast app. Happy New Year, my friends. Let's all be well this year.